All right. So if I got every single former guest on this podcast into a gym and I said, do your biggest deadlifts and your biggest bench press, this guy wins every day of the week. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big unit, is Marcus J. Smith, and he's the guest on the show today. Man, this was an awesome conversation. I uh, I told him we would chat for an hour, and I was really disappointed I did because I could have just kept on talking. Let me give you a little bit of an overview about what he does, about who he is, and about uh, why he's making such an impact on the people that he's working with. He's an entrepreneur, how do you say that? Entrepreneur, he's a motivational speaker and an extreme athlete and coach. He's got a passion and a mission to help people improve their life through health, culture, and environment. So he's the man behind Inner Fight, which is an international performance company and paleo food provider provider called Smith Street Paleo. He used to play rugby uh, up until the age, or from the age of 18, and competed in the 2009 IRB Rugby Sevens World Cup. He finished up there and moved into CrossFit and endurance challenges, which he's still rocking in today. So he's a huge ambassador for building mental strength through physical challenge, and he believes that's one of the key components of building a successful life. Um, it's the reason he does so many marathons and ultra marathons. Uh, check out check out some of these stats though. Uh, in 2018, he ran 30 marathons in 30 days. He ran a 250-kilometer self-supported run through the Sahara Desert in 2015, <laughs> a 230k self-supported run through Kenya in 2019, and crossed the island of Corsica on foot with 13,000 meters of elevation in 2018. Fun fact, my wife reckons she had the best meal of her life, five courses in Corsica. Um, different different conversation for a different day. I just thought you might like to know that. Um, check this though. Let me just read this from his website. In 2018, I was served a truly amazing experience when I was training to set a world record in ultra cycling and was hit by a truck at 65 miles an hour. That's That's ridiculous. That, this is what I'm talking about. This is the kind of guest we have on the show today. That kick-started the biggest fight that he's ever had in his life. He says he looked death straight in the face and decided that it wasn't for me. He's got a documentary all about that on YouTube, which I'll whack in the show notes below. Guys, this guy's a gun. Um, really, really enjoyable conversation with a really switched-on unit. Also my first guest to have COVID, just as a... <laughs> Another little fun fact. So, guys, you've got a lot to look forward to for the next 60 minutes. If you haven't already jumped on board the Relax Running membership and you'd like to check it out, jump over to relaxrunning.com slash join and just have a three-day free trial just to see what it is that I keep on banging on about. You might like it. You might have some suggestions to make it better. But either way, would love to welcome you across to that community. So, hey, let me get out of your way. I'm going to put this up on YouTube really soon as well. So if you want to go and watch it and see how good looking this bloke is, make sure you do that. Relax Running is the YouTube channel. So guys, hey, you have a great day. Have a great morning. Enjoy your run or whatever it is that you're doing right now. And enjoy this chat with myself and Marcus J. Smith. Well, I'm excited to have you on, bro, because I've, I've got to you. start out with this. I was looking at your Instagram five minutes ago, and uh, I think I can confidently say you'd be the biggest deadlifter we've ever had on the show. 
<laughs> well, mate, that's a uh, that's quite a claim to fame on a running show, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is quite it is quite good. I was thinking, I uh, I don't know how the people who follow the show are going to go looking at your Instagram page because runners aren't uh, necessarily known for for good good uh, deadlifts and big figures. But mate, I've I've half yeah, got a crush yeah. on your pecs. I've looked at your <laughs> six pack. And I've seen what you're lifting in the uh, in the gym, and I reckon you've got something to teach us all. <laughs> mate, I mean that's the thing, mate. Actually, it's it's quite funny because I've I've run since since I was young, but I've always I've I played around with CrossFit for a long time, and I've always thought that I never wanted to be like a stereotypical skinny runner. Now, I know, mate, if you want to run super fast, you need to be light as hell. Like I'm I'm down with it, mate, but. I'm not trying to set a world 5k record or anything like that. So, and, and I think, I think this is one of the interesting things as well is that a lot of runners actually, they lose a lot of weight and they become quite muscularly weak. Um, so I've always, yeah, I've always kept my strength up, mate. And, and with all the runners that I work with now, like, they all laugh at me when I, I give them their strength program. They're like, what is this? And I'm like, yeah, we're going to do some bench press, guys. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, my God. You know, so it's a bit different, mate. That's for sure. It's funny, man. Like the ultra endurance scene as well, those really long events. I'm a big, bit of a fan of Cam Haynes. I don't know if you, you know Cam Haynes or know of him. No, no. Uh, he's, an, uh, he's an American. I don't know how. He's like a bow hunter slash ultra, ultra endurance runner. But, man, you look at okay. him. And uh, he's got a good set of pecs, a good set of biceps, and uh, and a good set of abs. And I go, you know what? I'm going to have to find out how much this bloke's eating on top of his training because yeah. the amount I'll go out for a run and I'll lose four kilos, and my body definitely doesn't look like that. So I uh, yeah. I was excited to tap a little bit into that uh, with you later in the show yeah. just to find out what the uh, what the goal is, what the model is around your your gym training, your ultra endurance stuff. But mate, before we get into anything, I was I was hoping you could give us a little bit of an overview of uh, of who you are, what you do. And you're in Dubai, are you? Abigail? Yeah, I'm in Dubai, mate. Which right now is, uh, is 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 nuts, mate. I'll give you my short sort of uh, my short intro. I actually moved to Dubai with my parents when I was four years old. I'm now 42, so I've been here a fair stint. Um, I we're from the UK, and I was educated back in the UK. I went to boarding school when I was eight, so. I kind of had a, an interesting childhood in, in 10 years in, in boarding school back in the UK. And mate, I mean, not because it's related to, to, to the show, but sport and running was, was really my go-to at boarding school. It was kind of, I was not very good in the classroom, mate, and not that interested in getting any better. So I sort of, sport was my thing. And, and, and through running, I, I've got recognition. And of course, as, as a child, I think that's what we're always looking for. Like we want to be recognized. And, and, you know, I got that through running, through winning certain things. And that's why running's actually always been something that I guess is super close to my heart, if you, if you want to say it. Mate, fast forward, I, I graduated with a degree in sport when I was sort of 21. And I actually moved back to Dubai. And I got my first job with the Oakley selling sunglasses. And which, mate, straight out of uni was like, wow, this is it. Like, I love it. And um, I spent quite a few years in the sports goods industry with a, a stint. Actually lived in Australia for a little while down on the Gold Coast where, where I played rugby down there. And, um, yeah, I, I landed up back here in 2004, having just met my, well, 
my now wife who we've been together for sort of 17, 18 years almost, which is amazing. And, um, and Dubai's been home since, mate. In 2010, I set up my company, my first company called Inner Fight. And basically what we do is we, we have a gym, we train people, functional fitness, CrossFit. We also, we've developed an absolutely massive endurance community. We're one of the, we're, we're the biggest for whoever cares about that endurance team in the region. Um, we have around three or 400 endurance athletes on our books who are doing anything from mate, 3K to, I have a guy who next week or in a couple of weeks will attempt to run 800 kilometers, the width of, of, of the Emirates. Wow. Um, yeah, so mate, and, and, and really it's, it's quite straightforward the way that I see things. Obviously, I, I've been into sport and, and seen the impact of sport on people's lives for, for a long time. And, and I got a lot of people started to ask me to coach them, to help them with various things in their life. And I used the techniques that I'd learned in sport and discipline through sport to try and help people. And that's really how I sort of started my coaching in about 2003. And, you know, it, it kind of all we care about at, at NFI and, and, and all I really care about is people living a good life, mate. I want people to wake up every morning and literally just look in the mirror and go, yep, yeah, this is it. I've got it. Today is going to be the best day of my life because I just see so many people that, that just wake up and they're just so sad. And I'm like, wow, you just wasted a, another day, you know? And I know it probably sounds a little bit cliche, but I just don't think we should, mate. I think we should wake up every day and go to bed every night and go, oh, yeah, that was a great day, you know? And I know not every day is, is gonna be the best day of your life, but if you try, mate, like, you know? And, and, and it's so, we're kind of more than just a fitness brand and, 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 and a gym. We're, we're sort of truly trying to tap into the mental side. And, you know, I studied sports psychology as well to try and really figure out like how all this shit works and obviously mate over the last year i think my study's gone from here to up or my practical application has gone through the roof so yeah mate and and challenges i i've always liked to challenge myself so you know and actually that's how i got into ultra running a client came to me or a lady came to me and asked me to to help her prepare for a multi-stage race and i was like what's a multi-stage race this was in like 2008 and uh, she sent me a link. It was uh, racing the planets race. And I was like, this chick. And she was like 40, mate, 45. And, you know, I'm, I'm 30 then. And I'm like, that chick is going to do this race. <laughs> and I'm just going like, how? And my, I'm curious about stuff. And, and I started digging. I didn't think, don't get me wrong, folks. I didn't think like, why can a 40-year-old woman do that race? That wasn't how I was looking at it. I was just like, how is this going to happen? You know, and then no showers, carrying all your own stuff and what, what multi-stage ultras bring. And I was just fascinated, mate. I was just like, wow, this is, this is something. And so I fast forward a few years later, I ran my first ultra in like 2013, which was a 300K race. It was a disaster, single stage. I crashed out 180, didn't know where I was or who I was. And I've been awake for like three days and I was like, this is just nuts. And yeah, and I, I've just sort of kept, kept going, going with it. And, you know, I've done a lot of multi-stage ultras and absolutely love them. And when there's no challenges, I just set up my own challenges here or we just go to countries and went to Corsica a few years ago and just ran across it, which is like 200K with 
I think we ended up with 13 and a half thousand meters vertical. So I just think they're just great. And I've, I've not, I'm not addicted to races as well, mate. I think that's one thing that sort of the last years really exposed in people. Like a lot of people are, are racing for a race, for a medal, for the finish line. And that's all good if that's your motivation. But I, I've done most of my favorable stuff, stuff that I really, really enjoyed. It's just being with two or three mates. We just go somewhere and, you know, I think we've dug deeper because there is no, when you set up your own challenge and there's just three of you, there's no safety net. There's no checkpoint. There's no ambulance. There's nothing. So you just, um, yeah. So that's kind of, mate, that's my, that's my intro, really. Yeah, Sorry if that went a, on a bit. That's an unreal intro. And honestly, I was excited to talk to you before the podcast even started. And I think everyone listening will now understand why. I think what I love about your story, what I love about the, uh, the, the sort of, you know, for, for lack of a better term, the brand that you are or the, the bloke that you are, the influence that you have, is it seems so much bigger than just, all right, let's see how fast we can go. Or let's see how, how far we can go. Well, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's about inspiring people and encouraging people to, you know, tap into what's more important to them. And it seems like a, it, it seems like a, a more of a motivational, inspirational story when you see that it's, it's yeah. not just about times and distance because sure, there no. can be a couple of people in the world who can run the fastest time or the longest distance, but everyone's got this ability to be able to tap into to something deeper within them and apply it to their own life. And, Man, yeah. I'm so I'm so keen to to talk to you a little bit uh, a little bit about that because it sounds like you've you've got the the two sides of the coin where it's like all right we're going to do the fitness <laughs> but the purpose for yeah. doing this fitness and everything is is actually to inspire people for this this inner fight that you are that you created yeah. and that you speak of hey yeah exactly mate and that's the thing like I I just saw and you continue to see it now but I think I saw it quite early on like people would say I can't do that and I'd be like what I I was always intrigued, like, what makes you think that you can't do that, you know? And, like, you can run 5K, you know? Can you run 5K nonstop today? Maybe not. Do you need to walk more than you need to run? Maybe, but does that make you a bad person? No, not at all. But we are told too often that we can't. And that, it, it almost just pissed me off, mate. It's like, you can, you really can. And then, you know, when you start seeing that that people do stuff and 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 the biggest thing for me tyson i think in, in, in the whole of my years of coaching is it's the changes in people's sport the impact that those changes have in their life as well like i'd see people become happier in relationships and i still see it today i see people you know change jobs move countries and you just these things that are sometimes quite hard to measure like how do you measure someone's happiness? You know what I mean? Like, is it the number of handbags they have? You know, for some people, yes. But you know what I mean? It's like, and, and, and I do it with a lot of my clients. I'm like, you know, what's your score when you wake up? A one is like, I want to run through a wall. It's all like quite subjective. But at the same time, if you get in touch with those feelings, then you can have these subjective scores. And, and, and we just see people, I don't just living a lot, more mate which to me is again it's kind of it's it's really what we were put here for we're, we're put to live but I, I think with with running especially we we do look at you know we look at kipchoge and we look at under two hours for a marathon and 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 you know we're constantly told that marathon is long well marathon's not long like 
it's just a few hours. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, but when you, when you, you know, when, when you've run a race at 70 hours, like a marathon is not long, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I understand that someone looks at a marathon and just goes, Oh my God, like I can't run to the end of the street to pick up a pint of milk you know, and that's what I always sort of say to people like we're, we're, and it's a bit cliched, mate, I'll be honest, but we're all climbing our own Everest and always try and give that belief. Like we're, we're stuck and geez, we could do a whole different show on social media, but we're stuck comparing ourselves to, to others that we see in social media. He's doing that. He's 41. He can do that. I'm 39. I can't do that. And there's all this comparative and like, no one knows what you're going through. You know, and no one's living in the, in the shoes that you're living in. So you have to get into your shoes and into your mind and start to care about you. And, and it's quite selfish, a lot of it as well, mate, you know, where I'd, I'd say to people like, stop giving a shit about everyone else, you know, and, 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 and we do it, mate. We, we accept to go to parties because we think it's the right thing to do. And we're, you know, we're just keeping people happy that we actually don't give a shit about like, you know what I mean? But it's quite hard because we're, we're always taught to be nice to people. And then there comes a point where you have to be super comfortable to say no, no, no. And then there comes a point where you don't get invited anymore. And when that point came in my life where I stopped getting invited, I was like, yes, I've made it. <laughs> so I know there's a lot there, mate, but it, it, it's kind of like, that's kind of how I, I see it, that the, the mindset and the outside influences that we currently have, the impact that they have on our lives and therefore our performance is absolutely something we can control because you decide the reaction you have when you see a picture or when you speak to someone. They don't decide it, it's just a picture, but you read, you read into it, you know, and we're, we're right now in the thick of this, right? We just, someone posts something on Facebook, you're like, oh, it's talking to me. Like, no, he's not, he doesn't come fuck who you are, you know what I mean? It's just like, so it's a, it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting time. But when you, when you sort that mindset piece out and you wake up ready to live that day and you're committed to living a really good life and just getting the best out of it and, and also being happy, then actually like you can do anything, mate. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you walk a marathon in eight hours. Who cares? Mm. Who's to judge you? You know, actually, I always say that. Like, we have some clients that I had a client the other day took like six and a half hours to do a marathon. I'm like, far out. Like, I like she was out there for six and a half hours struggling. Like, that is way harder than when I run a marathon because it's over in half the time. You know what I mean? I'm like, and mate, I see it with some of my clients. One of my clients, like, she's wanted to run a 10k and she's the same age as me mate and her heart rates at like 185 average for like an hour or something i'm like oh my god you know what i mean like she's doing it why the fact that she's only running seven minutes a k or eight minutes a k is is completely irrelevant like that effort that she's put in to get that so i think we we just need to it comes back to keeping stuff really personal for people and 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 people just keeping those blinkers on a little bit mate and that when we do that things really start to change yeah man dude that's so funny you mentioned that because i've got a mate who's been on the podcast before and he's adamant 
that your elite distance runners around the world are far softer than your seven hour marathon runner for the same reason that you just explained. He goes, mate, these guys are pussies. You think Kipchoge is good? Sure, he's gifted, he trains hard, but he's only out there for an hour 59. He goes, what about, yeah. the, what about the average Harrier who's got their heart rate up at 185 yeah. trying to bust? Yeah. So it's, a, it's an interesting point, man. And it's, uh, it's funny because it's not really spoken of that that often. And a lot of people who, who are taking longer to run the events probably don't see themselves as a, uh, as a little bit more courageous than so many people who are only going out no. there for uh, for half the time, as you mentioned. But bro, when you are, uh, you've mentioned the, you've mentioned mindset, motivation, and, and the training element uh, sort of hand in hand a number of times. And I'm interested to know when you, when you have a client that comes to you for the first time, is it usually for mindset? Is it usually for physical training or is it a combination <laughs> of the two? Cause I feel like they're in good hands either way. <laughs> Mate, it depends. And sometimes, people come for physical training because they think that's a solution to their problem. And often it is, but you can tell really quickly because we've been doing it for a long time. You can tell really fast where the problem is. And we actually have, so when I'm going to coach someone endurance, if someone comes and I want to run an ultra, I send them about 30 questions and mate, they're really quite deep. Like, and some of them quite weird. It's like, do you press snooze in the morning? What's your ideal holiday? If you could change one thing in your life right now, what would it be? And some people mail them back within like 10 minutes. And I just write back and say, nah, you need two days to think about this. Why do we do that, mate? Is because of what you said. Some people are coming because of physical training. Some people are come, and, and that's genuine, mate. Some people they're totally in touch with what's going on. They understand that they need to lose five kilos or they're going to have a heart attack and they figured it out. Other people, there's a blockage somewhere. And this is what we sort of work on a lot with people because this is the key to their motivation. There's something, whether it's a programming of their subconscious, whether it's something that's happened in, in their life previously, that's just, I call it, our job is to set people free. We have to figure out where these blocks are. There's a reason why you press snooze. The reason, there's two reasons really why you press snooze. One is because you're tired. You're tired because you didn't go to bed. Why didn't you go to bed? There's a reason because of that. And the second reason really you press snooze is because you don't want to get up. Well, why don't you want to get up? Because you're not excited about what you're doing. Well, why aren't you excited about what you're doing? So what we do, and this is, I think, what makes us a little bit different, like, you can go on, on, if you want a running program to, to complete a five-day multi-stage race, you can download one for 100 bucks and it'll get you to the finish line. What we're doing, mate, is we're making sure that the psychological side is stable because the guy who downloads a program for $100 for a five-stage multi-race, multi-stage race on day three when it's a 70K stage and he gets to 50K, and he starts to lose his mind, he doesn't know what to do because he hasn't addressed himself. He doesn't know why he's there. He doesn't know how to react in that situation. Whereas if we go through that at the front end and we really understand what people's motivation is, then we unlock all of that stuff straight away. And some of the, some, mate, I had a chick that came in last week. She came in and she wanted, she wanted me to coach her endurance. And uh, she said at the end, she, she was tired we sat for an hour and she said, wow. She said, I feel absolutely drained. I said, oh yeah, I've, I've seen it before. <laughs> I was like, why? 
she said, well, I came to you to speak about endurance and you've questioned every single part of my life in a way that I've never, ever thought about it before. But I can see how it will help me to unlock my motivation. And I was like, yeah, that's what I've done. She's like, so where do I sign up? And I was like, you don't. I said, you've got to go away. I said, you've got to go away with answers to those questions that I've given you. You know, and this is where... This is real, and it sounds really deep, mate. And and you know, it, it sounds quite to some some people will be listening and going, "Holy shit, this guy, what?" You know, really. But mate, it's true. Like, there's a reason that you press snooze. Mm. You know, and unless you figure out what it is, then you haven't understood really what your internal motivation is. So some people rock up, and and and, and we see it, mate. You've seen it. Like people go into a gym and where do I pay? Where do I pay? Where do I pay? And they're like freaking out because they want to pay because they think that that is going to solve their issue. They think that just paying and having that membership of, of three months or a year or whatever it is, it's going to help them lose the weight. But we know it's not. Mm. And what, what I'm talking about, mate, it's not, it's not revolutionary. It's just practical, you know? And it's like, we'll say to people, no, you don't need to pay we don't want you to pay yet. And they're like, why? They say, because we don't think you're ready yet. We need to see that you're ready. Mm. We need to make sure that what we're going to offer you is the right thing for you. So we need to understand a little bit more about you, you know, and mate, it, it sounds a little bit brutal and you probably sat there thinking, gee, these guys probably don't get too many clients. And they probably think like everyone thinks they're assholes and stuff, but actually it's quite the opposite. We get a lot of clients because we've taken time to go through that. And we've taken time to understand them. And, 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 and some people I could sit with for, for three hours before, before we'd agree on a way forward, you know, because most of a lot of motivation, mate, is like, oh, yeah, I saw, uh, I saw John on, on, on your Instagram and he lost 15 kilos. I want that. I was like, okay. Mm. Sit down. Let me tell you what John did. Do you know <laughs> what I mean, mate? Like, let me go through this. It's, it's so funny, man. I always say that, uh, that everyone loves a Rocky story once it's written. And it, it's so true. It's uh, when you finish the movie and you see what he achieves, you go, that's, that's pretty incredible. And, and exactly what you're talking about with this John guy, everyone wants the result. I think Kevin Hart puts it well. He goes, uh, everyone wants to be famous. No one wants to put in the work. And I go, yeah, hey, how, how beautiful is that? Not necessarily uh, the idea that we, we want to chase fame, but that's sort of like a, a little bit of a metaphor for, for what you're talking about. It's a, uh, it's yeah. an empowering thing. And it doesn't surprise me that, that people, in fact, are, are inspired to come back to you when, you when you pick their brains a little bit and you show some interest in their life and you try and find out where the blockages are and how specifically you can help them. But, Matt, are there any, uh, are there any key features that really stand out to you that, that help you see that a person's ready to get started? When they can answer the questions in a in more than just a one word answer, mate. And then when I'd ask why, they'd have an answer. Mm. Or they wouldn't, and, and you can tell, mate, you can tell, especially when you're face to face with someone, you can tell when people are lying. Yeah. Sometimes people are just skipping over stuff. And, and, and you know, you don't, I don't need everyone to have all of their shit in order, mate. That's my job. My job is to get it in order. But I need people to have a mindset that's open and to be able to say, yeah, this, I suck at. I press snooze because I hate getting up because I don't like the look of my wife or husband. I hate my job 
and I hate the way I look in the mirror. That's why I press snooze every morning. Or at least let me dig into it and say, you know, mate, why do you press snooze? And then we can go down that area to find out which of the links are, 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 are wrong. So a lot, mate, a lot of people are close to it, but then become open to it quite fast when I don't, it's not that I'm trying to judge anyone, mate. And this is, I say it to people, I say it to some of my clients before I put them through, through races and, and challenges. Like, I'm going to ask you to do stuff that you're going to hate at the time. I'm going to ask you to do stuff that you might not understand at the time, but I'm never, ever going to put your life in danger. My number one priority is to keep you safe and to get you your goal. And you came to me to lose 15 kilos. You came to me to run an ultra marathon. You came to me to sort out a problem. I'm going to get it for you. I genuinely am. And I, mate, I, I take it, as you can probably see, mate, I take it really quite personally, you know, because that, I, I always say this. I have 15 coaches working for me. And I always say it. When someone walks into your space, into our office, or just comes for a coffee, they're giving you their body, which I think is one of the most incredible things to do. They're basically, they're not giving everything right away as we've spoken about, but they're coming to you and saying, for want of a better term, a lot of the time, I'm fucked, please help me, mm. you know? And, and that takes a lot, mate. That's a lot of vulnerability. Now, they're gonna try and lie about certain areas, as we've said, they're gonna say it's not that bad and they're gonna think that they're going one way, but I take that really, really personally, mate. And it's not, you know, we, we, and we've had, I've had clients that have been with me for years, mate. I have one client for 15 years, nonstop, you know, like just been helping him and, and, and we're, we're best mates as well, but still like there's a, there's a business side to it. So it's super, super interesting, mate. And I, I definitely think like over the last year, I'm actually working on an article at the moment called the evolution of the fitness coach. Because if you think about what this shit was when I got into it 15, 20 years ago, <laughs> and what we're talking about on this day in January, <laughs> holy shit, mate, it's like, you know what I mean? We're almost like two psych psychiatrists or absolute psychopaths, mate, you know? <laughs> it's awesome, man. It's uh, one of the things I, I think would be inspiring to people about you as well is it's it's so easy to have a bloke that can just sit there and tell you what to do but i think when you actually open up and share a little bit about your story which is what i'm going to ask you to sort of tap into a minute because i know you started with a bit of a foundation about what you do but i'd love you to share a, a couple of the extreme events that you've done and a couple of the things that you've overcome because i think they they really help cement the message that you have and um to me it, it sort of doesn't come as a surprise that you're so passionate about helping other people overcome the obstacles and the trials mentally, physically that we all face at time to time. Because from what I can tell, it looks like you've been through a, a couple of, uh, you know, self, self-inflicted a couple of wrong places at the wrong time adventures yeah. or, or potentially in hindsight, the right place, who knows, but could you, uh, could yeah. you give us a bit of a walk, a walk through some of the accidents, some of the overcomes and then yeah. some of the ultra yeah, endurance runs you've done? Yeah, of course I can, mate. I mean, I think it's important to understand, like I was saying about clients, it's important to understand where it's coming from. It's important to understand why I have done and, and continue to do what I do is I've always found it very difficult to ask someone to do something that I haven't done. And I think that's what, 
there's this constant argument, isn't there? Are good coaches good athletes? And mate, I am so deep in the in the court of yes, they were. <laughs> that you know, and 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 okay, Mourinho and and a few others were not great athletes, and they were amazing managers, coaches, whatever. So it does happen. But I was never, especially in what we're talking about in extreme endurance events, it's very difficult for me to prepare someone if I don't know what it feels like. If, I, if I'm preparing you for a race where I know you're going to have hallucinations and I can't tell you what that's going to be like, then I'm not the right guy to prepare you. And that's what I say to a lot of people that come to me with certain things. I'm like, I don't really. And it's what I said to the lady that came to me back in the day. I said, I'll help you, but this is going to be a learning process for both of us. So that's what kicked off a little bit of my, of my sort of, I don't know, fuel for this stuff, mate. And after my first ultra, I did Marathon de Sable in 2015, which is, was my first multi-stage ultra, 250K across the Sahara Desert. Since that, which that one's self-supported. So that's pretty good fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> self-supported. So what, you pack your food, you pack your water, you figure it out along the way, hey? Yeah, basically, mate, you get water every, you get water every about 10K, but it's rationed. Um, which mate, when I went there, I was 95 kilos. So I'm getting the same water that the old Moroccan whippets <laughs> at 56 kilos are getting. And I'm just like, bro, really? You know, I'm, I'm pissing orange for a week. Wow. I could just never get hydrated. You, you don't wash, you get, you just don't have enough water, mate. Um, I was like, honestly, mate, in, in, in that race, I was like, wow, this is, this is something a little bit special, you know? And, and, and then I just started doing like challenges, mate. And I, I, you know, I've done it a few times here because it gets really hot here in summer. And I was like, there's this 50 K loop. Let's run that when it's 50 degrees and just see what happens, you know, because then if anyone does come to me and wants to run 50 K 50 degrees, then I know what to tell, them. <laughs> you know? And, and, and I just, I just, enter different races and stuff and and then yeah in 2017 I, I was actually still competing in crossfit i just finished competing in crossfit and then some guy mate and this is a question that a lot of people ask me is like is there a bucket list of stuff you want to do and to be honest mate it, it, there's no nice story about it there totally isn't someone will send me a message i'll read it i'll be like that sounds sick let's do it you know what i mean there's no like yeah 2025 i want to no i don't this is not happening like that so this guy sends me a a, a message and he says oh, i'm from this brand called biking man and we've got four different races on four continents and they're like over a thousand Ks each. And I was like, that sounds amazing. And we had, a, we had a Skype and he explained it to me. And I was like, he goes, we want you to be an ambassador for us. And I was like, what does that mean? And he goes, you don't have to pay for the races. I was like, I'm in. And <laughs> like literally, mate. So I, I, I ride my bike a lot anyway. And, and this was a whole new thing because it was one was in like South America. One was actually in Oman. One was in Corsica. One was in Taiwan. And I was like, this is amazing. Like literally same thing, mate, self-supported. So you've got everything on your bike and you just go. And the races would take, could take up to three days. You're just on your own riding your bike. And it just really resonated with me. And I trained my ass off and literally, mate, 
three weeks before the first race, I was out training and I got hit by a truck. And um, I kind of, yeah, that kind of put an end to that uh, to that challenge, mate. I'm not was, laughing because uh, I'm happy. I'm laughing at the fact that you're <laughs> laughing as you tell the story. <laughs> oh, bro, it's just the it's the way it is, mate. And it was on it was on uh, February the tenth, twenty eighteen. So we're just coming up three years now. And yeah, I, I was I was going down a, a small descent. I was at the front. This truck came across the front of me, and I I hit a wall at fifty four k's an hour, and which actually is not ideal basically right you know you, human body traveling at 54 k's an hour into a brick wall doesn't work well and i sort of it, it was insane because i kind of dropped my shoulder into this wall and i obviously thought i was going to take it out um <laughs> and i'm surprised you I, didn't yeah exactly and yeah and i was laid on the floor and i was like oh my my head like i didn't even hit my head and but I was in mate, I was in an excruciating amount of pain and I remember I was there and I sort of wriggled my fingers and my toes and I was like oh that's quite good my my central nervous system is obviously pretty okay but I then I realized mate there was like there was blood coming out of my mouth and I couldn't breathe and I was like oh what's happened and basically what had happened on the impact I'd, I'd, I'd shattered my, my left shoulder. So my scapula had just broken into a number of different pieces. And I'd later find out that I'd, I'd broken seven of my ribs, um, which bones are, are not really a massive deal, mate. Like some of the ribs were a bit awkward, but generally I didn't have any operation or anything to fix them. That was, that was all good. But the, the breath problem, what had happened to, to my left lung is that it had almost just exploded like a, like a beach ball, mate. And on the, that's what happened. Like it's called a lung hemothorax on the impact. It had just gone. And fortunately or unfortunately, I guess I, I would have had a, a nicer time, but I wouldn't have learned as much. I was about two and a half hours from a hospital I was in the mountains and so the next sort of two and a half hours to three hours of my life was was pretty interesting mate it was um breath by breath literally second by second and some of the most amazing memories and and and, and moments and and lessons as well to just to really there's two big lessons from those few hours mate one is that we're spoilt with choice. We're in a world of decision fatigue. If I hadn't have put every single ounce of my energy into just breathing, which in the last 30 minutes, you and I have done hundreds of times subconsciously, imagine all that I had to do was to breathe. So choice is, is too much. And the second thing is, is, is just to stay present. And, you know, I, I remember people being around me and saying, oh, there's an ambulance coming. And then one guy would say, I'll be here in 20 minutes. It's like, when you can't breathe, like you can't even think what 20 minutes is, mate. You just, you, you develop this ability or, or it's like this, this animal survival instinct that's so powerful that you just can stay so, so present. And these two things are, it's so, it's so weird, mate, how they're so related to life because decision fatigue, too much choice, and, and people not being able to stay present is why we're having a lot of the issues in the human race that we're having right now. 
So that's why like two or three years on, even this afternoon, I have, a, I, I do a lot of corporate talking about it, motivational talking about it because there are things that I learned literally on my deathbed that are so prevalent in people's lives right now. And yeah, mate, I, I had three, three nice days in ICU, which was all sorts of shit, but <laughs> if people want to watch it, there's actually a, um, one of my friends made a documentary about it and, and it's called fight for every breath. It's on, it's on YouTube, which takes you through sort of the whole story. And after three days in ICU, I then had like five days in, in the main ward. And this is where I see you. One of my perspectives really changed. And that was a conversation I had with, with, with my wife, Holly, where I, I was just in and out of doziness, mate. And, and I sort of woke up quite frustrated and oh, why, you know, and, and, and just asking why, why, why me? And just really playing the sort of victim mindset. And Holly just kind of turned around and pretty straightforward. And she's a country girl, mate, from uh, country New South Wales. So you can imagine sometimes if she wants to be straight, she can be... Pretty straight. I'm um, married to a country girl from uh, from Ballarat in Victoria, mate. I think I think I know what that treatment feels like. <laughs> and it's just like she's like, it happened, and I was just like, okay, I guess it did. And 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 you sort of have to crack on. And then I, I went back to sleep and woke up, and I sort of smiled at her, and she's like, why are you smiling? And I said, I'm going to start training, and. Mate, I'm laid in the bed in ICU. I haven't moved. I'm completely smashed. I'm drugged up. And my training at that point was just moving my hand from palm down to palm up. And I was like, I realized at that point that my progress would be super small and I'd have to do loads of these tiny, tiny things. But that was going to be my life because I was going to get my body back and I was going to fix myself and I was going to do everything I wanted to do, mate. And that's when the dial really moved. And I'd always been quite, obviously through my, my coaching and through my challenges, I'd always been quite particular about the process and these small things. But that point really hammered it, hammered it home. And, you know, the first time the physio came in in the main ward, it took me like 10, 15 minutes just to get off the bed and then like half an hour to walk 20 meters around the, the, the ward. And, but then I got back and I, I just had this, I had this amazing sense, I guess you'd call it of, of gratitude. I was just like, wow, this is amazing. You know, I was like, and, and the nurses were looking at me and they were like, what's wrong with you? I was like, this is amazing. They're like, what? I was like, I've just walked, you know, and, and they must see this stuff every day, but I just, you know, and, and the first, I remember them washing me, mate, the first time because I couldn't wash myself. And I was, I just remember just being like, I was almost crying. I was just like, thank you. Thank you so much. Like just having water on me, I stunk, mate. It was gross. <laughs> like four days I'd been training in the mountains. I was sweating, wet, stinking four days laying in a bed. It was gross, but you know, this gratitude was just like, oh my God, this is just amazing. And then to bring it back, mate, this really where the, the next part started. It, it, it's almost like a fairy tale in a way. A lot of people are like, really? One of my friends had sent me something a few weeks before and I had it in my WhatsApps and I got my phone and, and I scrolled up 
and I found it. And it was this route across Corsica. And I was reading it and I was like, this is it. But the way that life goes is amazing, mate, because the guy that sent it to me was the same guy that asked me to do these bike races. And I was just like, this is just, you just couldn't write it, mate. It's just so weird. And I read it and I was like, I'm going to do this. And it's a just under 200K, 13,500 meters elevation across the island of Corsica, which is just near south of France, west of Italy. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And I sent it to one of my mates and <laughs> he was like, I said, mate, when he was a teacher at the time, he's now a coach with me. And I said, what day do you finish school? And he said, I don't know, mate, 28th of June. I said, right, 1st of July, we're going to start this. And he's like, mate, get better. We'll talk about it later. And I just wrote back. I said, we're doing it. And that was like, so this is probably the 15th of Feb. And so we're, we're like five months later. And I just, I had to have this big goal, mate. I was very set on the process and the daily things and the walking around the ward. But I was like, I'm not going to let it down. I'm not going to, I'm not just because I can't do this ultra cycling. I'm not going to sit here and, and you know, and, and I need, I need it, mate. Like a lot of people say, oh, you, you have to have goals. I'm like, yes, I do have to have big goals. Yes, you're right. <laughs> you do know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not fighting it. I do. And, and, and yeah, I started training and, and, and then I just started thinking about stuff that would prepare me and test me. And, you know, we put together some, some different challenges here. We did a 50K cycle then a 50K run and a 50K cycle and in the middle of the night, in the middle of summer. And that was, that was pretty hot. Um, and then to be honest, mate, then I was like, I was like, I was supposed to do something big this year with, with, you know, with the cycling, I was like, this Corsica thing isn't big enough. And, and I stumbled across Dean Carnassus book, um, 50 marathons in 50 States in 50 days. And I thought to myself, I was like, hmm, there's this, there, Dubai has this thing called Fitness Challenge each year, which is a 30-day initiative. And I was, I was like, hmm, I, I could actually run a marathon every day for, for that, for these 30 days. And that was kind of, it started on like the 25th of October. And I was like, I think that would be a pretty, pretty cool thing to do, you know? And I, I sort of, you know what it's like, mate, you probably get it when you set a goal and, and we do like, you get this massive dopamine release and we get super excited. And you know, that part of it is just in the planning. It's just like, oh, I just love the planning, mate. Like what <laughs> kit can I wear? How many pairs of socks? Like it's just, <laughs> and that's honestly, bro, that's what I like about ultra because it's like, how light can I pack my bag? You know what I mean? Like all these real geeky things. And um, yeah. And then it, it led into that, mate. I, I, I was like, you know, people like, do you think you can do it? And I was like, I don't see why not. You know, I'm not thinking about not doing it. I'm just thinking about doing it. And yeah, I just ran every day, one marathon. And the next day, another marathon. And it was just, yeah, it was just a wild, wild year, mate. And, and that, it really like, when I sat down, when I had that idea, I got, and I've still got this big piece of A1 paper. I was like, why do I want to do this? Like, I really had to have this question, like this session with myself, mate. And I was just like, I'm just interested to see me as a human, what I can maybe do. And, and 
I'm actually in a weird way interested to see what maybe others can do because of what I've done, mm. you know, and, and, and mate, it was, it was incredible, mate. I think, I think I had like, I don't know, over 500 people running with me. And, you know, I think 25 people ran their first marathon because I ran those marathons. I'm just like, I had one guy ran three marathons with me, you know, and, and it was, mate, it was, it was nuts. Like at, at the start, I was like, oh, I need to get some audio books and stuff. I never run with music with nothing. And I was like, what am I going to do for 30 days? I need to actually learn something or, you know, so I download a load of audio books. I didn't listen to any mate. I got like 15 minutes in 30 days on my own. I was just like, Oh God, <laughs> you know, and, and I just learned so much, mate, like what the body can do, how the mind goes, how you can be like some days, bro. I was just totally destroyed. I was in insane amounts of pain. And then the next day I'd run like 10 minutes faster. And I'm like, how does this, like, do we know anything? You know, do we actually know anything about performance, about the human body, you know? And, and yeah, it was Dude, wild, bro. That is crazy, man. That is a crazy story. I read that in your, your bio section and I, I put a little asterisk next to it going, that's a, a pretty <laughs> incredible in, achievement. I actually, um, I had Dean Carnassus on the podcast in the, uh, in the real early stages because I was yeah. so, imp- I was super inspired by his story as well. And the kind of guy I reached out to and I thought, oh, he's a bit of a, a bit of a big deal. I, I hope he's up for this. Mate, most down to earth, humble bloke, just a lover of the sport that you could ever imagine. And he, um, I think it was in that podcast, he started talking about, have you heard of the Iron Cowboy? Yeah, yeah, I have. Bro, yeah. I, I thought you might have heard of him and he's a massive inspiration as well. Um, I'm so impressed, like the idea of doing anything for 30 days in a row is incredible. <laughs> and just to, to tap into the Iron Cowboy story of... Um, I think it was like 50, 50 Ironmans, 50 states of America, 50 days. And he's yeah. got a great documentary for anyone who's interested where he talks about just the, um, just the support that sort of seemed to bubble up like you're saying. It's, it's amazing when you put yourself out there and do something a little bit uh, out of the ordinary, how, how many people, it just, it just seems to touch something inside them that goes, all right, I've got to get behind this cause. And man, it sounds yeah. like you, uh, you experienced firsthand what that was like. Yeah, exactly, mate. And I think one of the things for that is that humans, we're we're animals. There's this animal instinct and we like to be a part of something, mate. And we've learned that from our business. Like we create, we're very, what I'd call community based, but it's the same that people don't need much of an excuse to go to the pub for a beer. The right type of person doesn't need much excuse to hop on a run with someone either. If the run's happening, they just need a, just a little push, mate. And, you know, I, I still look back at some of the footage of, you know, 60, 70 people running with me down the street at once, like bloody Forrest Gump. And I'm just like, this is just so powerful. Like, you know, and, and again, mate, I don't take it for granted. I'm not, a, I'm not a big sort of fitness influencer, wanker kind of person, you know, I'm just, I'm just me doing my thing. And, and, and if I can help a few people and that's, you know, like I said, sort of close to the start, mate, that's where, 
that's where we started. Like, we just want to try and help people. Yeah, I've got bills to pay. I've got rent to pay at the gym. And yes, we do need to charge for our services. So, you know, people message me too much on Instagram. I tell them that I presume they're now a client and I'll send them a bill and stuff like that. (laughs) You know, but still, bro, I mean, every single person that messages me on Instagram, I I always reply to and I try and and, and give as much of my time. And, you know, that time is time that, often gets taken away from the time that I have with Holly, my wife. And, you know, it's, but it, it, it is nuts, mate, when we, when we look back and, and I think if anything from, from my experience over the last two or three years and definitely over the last year, like we need to, everyone just needs to take the makeup off. We need to strip things down real simple and look at actually the characteristics of humans as they were and what worked really well and what makes us successful and, 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 you know, we want to be part of things. We need support networks. We need good, deep, open conversations. Like, yeah, yeah it's cool talking about, you know, the weather or, or the COVID numbers in your region. But, you know, really, let's talk about something a bit deeper. Let's have, you know, Holly always says it. She's like, when I bring some guy, like one of my friends came around a few weeks ago and he's a, he's a pro cyclist. And we just had this really amazing conversation about, motivation and 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 he left and she's like that was a really good conversation i said oh yeah what do you mean and and she said well we didn't talk about the weather we spoke about real stuff Mm. and that doesn't happen much anymore and that's why people are not to go back to the motivational side mate that's why people are not addressing deeper issues because they're not talked about so people are uncomfortable talking about them and you know it's i just think like and, and it comes back to, for me, a lot of just feel like, how do you feel? You know, how, what's going on? What's happening in your mind? And, you know, if you call me up and, you know, you say, hey, mate, I'm not feeling too good. I'm like, okay, bro. Like, what are you feeling? Where, where's your head at? You know, and, and you should be able to say, mate, I don't know. And just this and that and the other. And these are my thoughts. But we're just sometimes a little bit, we're not able to do that. So if we can create platforms and environments where people can do that i think we'll have a lot better performance and enjoyment in everyone's life mate sorry yeah. if I, that was a little bit off on a tangent but Dude, I, I don't know how nah, i, I told you before <laughs> I, I think everyone listening will agree that uh any tangent you want to take brother um they're, they're beautiful, man. i'm enjoying everything you said i'm actually planning in the back of my mind my next ultra endurance run just as we so i'm not even kidding i'm like all right i gotta do something this is good um bro i, uh, I just wanted to pick your mind because I, I i think that um, a, a lot of the stuff that you talk about as we've sort of established is, is very relatable, very inspiring. And I get a lot of people yeah. asking for, for practicals from the, the podcast guests. And I thought it'd be nice just to hear a little bit about your training routine. Is there any structure? Yeah. Do you go by feel? Obviously I'm guessing there's yeah. plenty, of gym, plenty of runs. Um, yeah. Run. I used to be an absolute, I'm a coach. So I used to be for myself an absolute slave to data as well it's hard to coach people without a lot of data mate at the start as i move with a client i'm i'm able to drop some of that data because it's an education process to get them to know how they feel three years ago i was very for my own training i was super data driven and then yeah basically about 18 months ago i actually stopped wearing a heart rate monitor to run and just ran on feel mate and now i like i know when i'm smashing myself 
You know what I mean? You, you know when you're flying. If your lungs are exploding, now it's good, it's good to check in on it. But for ultra running, you need to be running a lot more on feel, you know? And, and, and that is something that's super important. My daily sort of routine, mate, one thing I do every morning when I wake up is literally the first step out of bed, I scan my body and I ask myself that question. I'm like, how does that feel? Because I think we're not in touch enough with how we feel or how our body is feeling, not only our feelings within us, but when, from a physical pers uh, perspective, how our bodies are feeling. And then if it's not feeling great, am I going to adjust my training accordingly? When it comes to my training, mate, I'll, the, the, the application I kind of use is I'll, I'll train strength at least four times a week, of which at least two will be upper body focus only because I don't want to look like a skinny runner. I'm, I'm a lot less. I'm, I used to be 94 kilos, mate, when I was doing CrossFit and when I was playing rugby, and I'm about 89, 90 now. So I am obviously a lot a lot less muscle, um, but I'll still train that. I'll train my, my lower you, leg. How, how tall are you, I'm man? Six foot, six foot two. Oh, very nice. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So man, I'm, I'm big. Yeah, no, that's all good. I'm, yeah, so I'm, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm tall. And when I was playing rugby, I was actually closer up to 100 kilos. Um, yeah, so, and then I'll, I'll train strength on my legs as well twice a week. I'll do a CrossFit style workout once a week. And then, the, and this is where people kind of get it, I think, a little bit mixed up. Like, if I have a, if I have a big volume training week, like two weeks ago, I did like 150Ks or something running because I've got some longer races coming. So my leg sessions will not trash my muscles. They'll be, you know, they'll be more around activation, mobilization, and, and, and just almost self-care, mate. And they won't be super long. When I do my strength sessions, if it's over 45 minutes, it's, it, that's unusual, mate. I'll try and keep the strength sessions to about 40, 45 minutes. As I said, I'll do a CrossFit style session once a week, just because I love it. I think it's awesome. And that'll take about 30 to 40 minutes as well. And then I'll periodize my, my running volume based on, on what's coming up. And that will always be just building into a race. But when, when it comes to my, my running, mate, I'll always do, we have with, it, with our team, we have one track session a week. Um, it's quite funny because we take all the ultra runners and run about 15 Ks before the track session. And then we go into the track session, which <laughs> mate, again is not scientifically, you could argue about that approach, but um, yeah, I, I, I like running short intervals, mate. It, it, it does it help to develop good ultra runners. Uh, we could argue the whole day, right? But, um, you know, everyone loves running around the track, mate, and racing each other. Like, that's why you run. Um, so, and then, yeah, mate, I'll, we, we have camps. So we'll do, um, you know, we'll do desert camps, mountain camps at least once a month where, like, over that weekend, I would run somewhere up to about 70, 80K. Um, again, depending on what races are, 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 are coming, um, so that's kind of how I, how I do it. And, and I'll do every single day. I have like a, a rehab prehab protocol as well, which is 10 to 15 minutes. Just mate, just again, muscle activation, just playing with stuff that's a little bit tight or just doesn't feel good. 
Um, and it, it's a little bit, because I work for, for myself, essentially, it's a little bit of time out as well. I just, on my yoga mat, and I just, just kind of taking care of my body. So, and then one of the other ingredients, mate, that people should really be in touch with is, is food and sleep. Um, you know, I'll always try and sleep eight hours a night. I'll never schedule, because I control my schedule a little bit, it's not just because, because that gives people an excuse that, that don't control their schedule so much, but you know, I'll, I'll always make sure that I'm sleeping for eight hours. So if I'm going for a long morning run and I'm going to start at four, four thirty, then I'll make sure I'm in bed at eight the night before. And most nights mate, I'm in bed by eight between eight and nine anyway. And then diet is huge as well, mate. Like I'll always, I'll always, play with my food um, based on the training phase that, that, that I'm in and, and what I'm trying to achieve as well. So I eat a, a, a paleo style diet. Actually, my other business is, is that I have with my wife is a paleo food business. So I'll eat a paleo style diet, but mate, to be totally honest, if, I, if I'm in a massive training week, I'll, I'll, I'll be eating a shit ton of rice as well just sort of empty carbs. I, I don't use any synthetic nutrition anymore. I played with that for, for a long time and, and I found for ultra, it just causes more gut problems than, than anything. Um, I've seen obviously people in, in, in shorter stuff, like we do a lot of triathlon training for people, you know, and, and, and gels and stuff can work well. Uh, the marathon I ran at the weekend, I had two dates and that was okay. You know, I probably should have had a bit more, but it was just, <laughs> we kind of just went out for a bit of a morning run and yeah, it's, um, so that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the way that, that I put all of that together, mate. I, I try and keep my, despite running my businesses, I try and manage my stress as good as I can, which to be honest with you, mate, the last year has been has been a challenge. Like I, I do a lot of stuff like six o'clock phone bedtime, you know, and, and literally just put the phone away at, at 6 PM. Um, but, and I know this it's, I'm not proud of it, mate, but I've had to be a bit more reactive and a bit more available over the last year, which, you know, yes, certain things have happened after 6 PM that I've had to, I've had to react to. So, you know, but things like that, mate, I, I don't watch TV. So, and I follow very few people on Instagram. So I try and keep healthy in, in, in all of those areas. I don't care what people write in my Instagram. I don't get stressed out. I don't go trolling other people's social media and writing stupid comments. It's, it's your life. Do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like quite, a holistic, quite a holistic approach. It's interesting, man, because uh, that's one thing. I've got my eye on the clock as well. I, I, won't, I told you an hour, so I'm not going to go too much that's longer. That's good, bro. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm always interested to hear about people in the running world speak about their running training. and Okay, running's not going well because, you know, I'm tired or whatever. And, and for, for too many people who are quite new to the sport and even people who seem to be established in it, it's, it's rare to find someone that will, becoming less rare, that will speak about, the whole picture, the diet, the sleep, the phone, yeah. the, the shoes, the recovery, the gym, the, there's so much that goes into a, an effective performance that you're speaking about that I think, um, that I think people really need to hear. So it's, uh, yeah. it's obviously a big I mean, priority for you. It is mate. And it, it's interesting because like, it, it's a great question. And, and, and that's why I love doing shows like this because it always makes me think and makes me 
almost double guess what I'm actually doing and whether it's right. But, you know, a lot of people say, like, will ask me, oh, how often, if you do that scan every morning, how often do you wake up and then change your training for that day? And actually, like, most of the time I won't have to because if I'm going to run, for example, intervals are always run on a Tuesday morning, I make sure that Monday is not something that's going to make my legs smoke for my intervals on a Tuesday. And I make sure that on a Monday evening, I'm in bed at the right time. And I make sure on a Monday that I have the right fuel. And I make sure on a Monday, blah, 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 blah. So the sessions that I've planned over the last year, for example, I reckon I've probably done about 98% of them because I've put everything holistically in place and I've got to bed. I've not accepted a meeting and you know, I'm an entrepreneur. If you want mate. I, I it's, it's my business. I could be meeting people the whole time to develop my business, but I won't, I definitely won't take phone calls after like six in the evening. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm managing these things so that I can complete those sessions. What we're seeing with a lot of runners mate is that they're going to do their interval session on a Tuesday, for example, and they're not hitting their numbers. And then the next week, they're not hitting their numbers, but they're never questioning why. And they, they're constantly saying, oh, my running is regressing. And I have it with my clients. And then we'll start to dig in or we'll say, okay, let's have a look at your, let's have a look at your HIV data. Let's have a look at your sleep data. You're not, not, I'm not that stressed about the quality of your sleep. Let's just have a look firstly at what time you went to sleep, you know, and with training peaks, we can, and, and, and all of these things, whether it's an aura ring, whether it's whoop, whether, you know, I can get all of this data now into and see it all on one platform. And we can start to say, well, this is where, and that's my job as a coach, mate. This is where you perform best when you do X, Y, and Z, you know, and, and when you manage those things. But a lot of runners are just like, we're, we're, I think because of the nature of the sport, mate, it's just like more, 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 you know? And whereas if I have a runner that has something wrong or isn't hitting numbers or I have a problem with, with, with my leg, like I'll, I'll back off because, you know, and, and this is, I think this is a little bit sort of what I call ultra mindset is, you know, if you're in a 250K race and you've got a small grain of sand in your shoe at 5K, if you don't take that small grain of sand out, it's going to be a real problem later on. And, you know, a lot of, you, you hear it from a lot of athletes. I'm sure, mate, from your background, you, you've heard it a lot. Like, you know, people kind of, yeah, I felt my hamstring going. Well, you felt it going, but you didn't stop. It's like, you know, was there a million dollars at the finish line, bro? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 and so you're right in your point, mate, is that people are not looking at stuff holistically they're, they're just looking at it, that session, and that session's in my training plan, and I have to do it. It's like, yes, but your two-year-old was spewing and shitting itself the whole night. You didn't sleep. So there's no way you're going to run, like, 315s for, for 1Ks tomorrow morning. Like, you're just not going to do it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and again, mate, I'm not saying anything that's revolutionary. It's just real practical application of... of of life to the situation and, and, and just, just trying to figure out holistically what makes people perform the best and, and feel the best, you know, but so many people don't do it. I don't know why.
weird. Yeah, it's such a it's such a good point, man. For are you are you working with people over over Zoom yourself? Are, are you working with people outside the country? I yes, I have a lot of clients in. Um, we have a lot of clients in Europe. Um, we have a few in Australia as well. So yeah, we 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 do we do work with people globally, mate. Um, so we obviously around 75% of our business is, is, is here in Dubai. Um, and which is nice because people can, can come to, we have various touch points, um, where, you know, we have track sessions, we have all of our camps and stuff like that. But yeah, I I train quite a few crazy people that are, are in, in, in different countries. Yeah. I got a few, few strong stallions over in Ireland and, and a few good ones. I mean, obviously trail is coming is, is, is really, uh, you know, starting to boom in Australia as well. So we're getting a, um, yeah, we're getting quite a few, quite a few clients from, from down there, mate. And, we um, actually, Holly and I have a have a house down in Australia as well. So on the Gold you know, Coast, we, spend, uh, we we actually have a house up on the Sunshine Coast, up in Noosa. Yeah, beautiful, so, man. Hey, great part of the world. I'm down in uh, yeah. I'm down in Melbourne. I don't know if you already knew that. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, just down in a, We're in a town called Point Lonsdale. So we're living in the middle of the city, and we've just moved to the coast about a, a month and a half ago. But mate, I uh, no, I was I was wondering because uh, I'll, I'll add your website into the uh, into the show notes so anyone who's interested oh, be awesome. potentially getting some coaching would uh will be able to contact be, you and answer your questions you, and uh, take it yeah. from there. But mate, I'm going to let you go because I've told you now and I've already gone over. <laughs> five hour mate, time. I talk a lot, mate. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, I didn't ruin the show for mate, you. Mate, you made the show. It was uh, honestly, I could I could keep talking to you and I would if I uh, we've got people coming over for dinner tonight and uh, we've got a little <laughs> five month old. So I said to my wife, all right, I better be on my best behaviour. But I said before we started. <laughs> I go, babe, i got a feeling this is going to be a good chat. And, mate, you lived up to it. So I'm so glad. Oh, mate, not at all, mate. It'd be great to talk about more stuff anytime in the future, mate. I, I think it's great what you guys are doing. As I said, I listen, I listen to a few of the shows, mate, and it's been, a, it's been a lovely hour. So I appreciate you, mate. That's really nah. cool. Right back at you, brother. Well, man, we'll make sure. We'll make sure this is just um, the first stop. So in a couple of months, I'd, I'd love to touch base with you. Or whenever you're ready, you've got an open welcome here. So just shoot a message. And we'll, uh, we'll do round two, brother. Right, that'll be awesome.